Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Um, welcome. I am Pastor AJ. Good to see you guys. Uh, if you're if you're new here, we're super excited you're here. Uh, there are little response cards, visitor cards uh, in the pews. You could fill those out and drop them off in the back. We would love to get to know you better and help you get better connected here if you're new. Um, also, for those of you who uh, might not have recognized me because I don't have a beard anymore, some of you who weren't here last week. Uh, last week was my 23rd anniversary with my wife, Julie, and um, she asked me to shave, and so I did. And so that's why, that's why the beard is gone. Some of you guys are like, oh, man, I miss it. And, and I understand. And, um, and all of you guys are important to me, and you all get a vote. Um, I just want you to know that. She just gets, uh, Julie just gets um, all of your guys' vote plus one. That's just, that's just kind of how it works. Happy wife, happy life. Um, Pastor Hank told me that one, so I give him credit for that. But um, that's just how it goes. Um, as... As uh, Jim was saying earlier up here, um, I believe God is just doing some awesome things with our teenagers. Uh, a couple weeks ago, our, our high school students were in Florida for the youth conference, and God was rocking their world and just doing amazing things in their lives. And now, in a couple hours, they're going to be heading, our middle school and high school students are going to be heading to teen camp, and they're going to be there until Thursday. And so if you guys can be in your prayer lives, be praying for our middle and high school students that they have an amazing week um, and that God is doing some great things in their lives and continue to do a work in their lives this week. So um, I, I don't think this is a lost generation at all. I think God is going to do a mighty work and he's going to rock this world through this current generation. Amen. So uh, good morning. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying I'm curious this morning. How many of you might say that, that you would love for God to maybe build your faith in, in this year? And maybe strengthen your prayer life a little bit more. How many of you would say that? Show of hands. Can I see? Okay, a lot of you guys. A lot of you guys. Um, I'm so thankful for that. I love my church. Um, today we're finishing up this uh, message series. If, if you've missed any of the past weeks, and you can always go to YouTube and, um, you know, put First Light South Portland Church and you can catch up. But we've been looking at the topic of prayer in a series called The Power of Prayer. And what I've kind of laid out for you guys over the last several weeks, and I'll give you a recap to catch you up, is that I believe the problem for so many of us when it comes to the topic of prayer is that many of us, we've just been praying way, way, way too safe. And if I can be honest with you, uh, growing up, my prayer life was almost non-existent. Like, I, I didn't grow up as a Christian. I, I became a Christian later in life in, in high school. Um, and even as I became a Christian, like, my prayer life was just pretty much non-existent. My mom, she prayed all the time, like, all the time. I mean, she was, a, she was a Hindu, and then she became a Christian. And even before she was a Christian, like, she would wake up early in the morning, and I would see her praying. But I think the only time that I really prayed as a kid was if I stepped into class and the teacher handed out a pop quiz and then I started praying. <laughs> or if I was in big trouble and I knew like dad was about to whoop me or something, then I started praying. Or if I was over at my friend Mike's house, who, who I told you about, the, the friend who kept inviting me to church um, in middle school and high school, um, they always prayed over a meal at their house. They were a Christian family. They went to church together and they would pray if I ever had a meal over at their house. And I don't think I'm alone. I, I think that, that for many of us, those are the kinds of prayers that we're familiar with. Those are the kind of prayers that we're comfortable with. God, help me. God, protect me. God, keep me safe. God is great. God is good. We thank him for this food, right? 
good food, good meat, good God, let's eat, right? That last one, I think, is like one step above dear eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus in your tiny fleece, you know, golden diapers. I thank you for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the ever delicious Taco Bell that we saw Ricky Bobby pray in Talladega Nights. <laughs> and my, my prayer, um, if, if I'm being honest with you guys, my prayers were that lame. They were almost always self centered, always about myself. They're incredibly boring. And they were incredibly, incredibly safe. And so in this series called The Power of Prayer, we said we could probably do a topic on prayer for one year and go in so many different directions. But we said we were going to kind of focus in. And we've been examining the Bible. And we've been looking at prayers that people prayed in Scripture that were the opposite of safe. That were powerful prayers that were transformational in the lives of the people who prayed them. And so as we've been examining the Bible these last couple of weeks, uh, we've hopefully been realizing that God doesn't call us to have safe prayers. That as followers of Jesus, if, if you're here this morning and, and you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, we believe in the power of prayer and that we are called to have powerful, powerful prayers because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. I believe one of the greatest things that you could do in your prayer life is to start to change that up and to start to pray more powerful prayers. So back in week one, we looked at this power of prayer, make me bold, God. How many of you tried praying that prayer? Anybody? Make me bold, God. A lot of you guys. Wow. That's not a safe prayer. That's a prayer that can push you out of your comfort zone. You start praying that prayer, you might have to talk to some people. You might have to tell somebody in your school or somebody at your place of work or somebody in your family or in your neighborhood a little bit about what you believe about God. You might have to love them. You might have to invest in their lives. That's not a safe prayer. And then in week number two, we looked at this power of prayer in Scripture. Search me, God. This is a prayer that, that David prayed, David who fought Goliath. And, and David prayed this, search me, God, see if there's any offensive way within me. Know my anxious thoughts. Lead me into the way everlasting. He said, show me my sins. God, I, I want to be for you. I want to be a person after your own heart. Show me my sins. Not an easy prayer to pray. In, in week three, we, we looked at this power of prayer. Break me, O oh God. Like for most of us, we pray the opposite of that on a regular basis. Keep me safe. Break me, God. But that's a prayer that when we start to pray that and we ask God to break us, that oftentimes through brokenness, we line up our heart with the heart of our Heavenly Father and we start to care about things in this world that God cares about. And we start to make a difference in this world for him. And for his glory. It's a powerful, powerful prayer. And then last week we examined this power of prayer. God send me. God send me. I'm available. Wherever you want to use me. However you want to use me. God use my life. Send me. I want to be a force of good in this world. Now today as we end this series. We're going to look at another very powerful prayer. And this is a prayer that a little boy prayed 
in the Old Testament. It's found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you have your Bibles with you or your Bible app on your smartphone, you can go ahead and turn to it. We'll, we'll also put the verses up on the screens as we always do. But let me give you a little bit of the context. Samuel was a little boy when he prayed this prayer. Bible scholars believe he was maybe around 11 or 12 years old. So little sixth grade Samuel, he worked for the temple priest named Eli. The problem was that Eli had not really been honoring God very well. Eli's family, his sons were out of control. Eli was sinning. He hadn't led his family well, and he wasn't leading the nation well. They were drifting from God. And so one day this little sixth grader went to bed, and God spoke to this boy in an audible voice. Like, how cool would that be, right, to hear from the audible voice of God? And so in the middle of the night, God says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel woke up. And he thought, who's that? Maybe the priest is calling me. So he gets out of bed and he runs over to Eli's room. And he said, did you call me, sir? And the priest Eli was confused. And he was like, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so Samuel did. And he went back to sleep. But then a second time, the voice of the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And again, he woke up startled. He's like, is, is Eli calling me? And he goes back to the priest's room. Did you call me, sir? The priest said, no, I'm trying to go to sleep. And you need to go to sleep too. Go back to bed. Then a third time, the voice of the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And again, he dashes into the priest's room. But this time, Eli thought, oh my goodness. Could it be that God is speaking to this little kid. And he told Samuel, Samuel, if you hear your name again, what I want you to do is I want you to say this. And we see this play out in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. Here's what it says. It says, the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. This little boy prayed this incredibly powerful prayer when he said, speak, your servant is listening. He prayed, speak to me, God. Speak to me, God. I really want to hear your voice. And what's so incredibly cool is that God spoke to Samuel in that moment. But what God said to him was not an easy message for him to hear. Now, before I, I tell you what God said to little Samuel, I, I'm wondering who would like to play a little bit of Bible trivia this morning, okay? So for 500 points and an extra room on your mansion in heaven, <laughs> let's see if you can answer this trivia question. Here it is. How many times in the Bible did God speak to somebody and give them an assignment and the assignment was really easy for them to fulfill? Think about it. Think about it for a second. Think about it all the times. Think about every story you know in Scripture. Okay? When God would speak to someone, he said, I want you to do this. And they said, oh, that's so easy, God. No problem. I can handle that. Think about the different examples. Think about it. There was Noah, right? Hey, Noah, I want you to build a really big boat about the size of a football field and a half. 
And then I want you to round up a male and female of every living creature because I'm going to flood the world and you're going to single-handedly repopulate the earth. Easy peasy, God. I'll get on that right after lunch. Right? Jonah. Hey, Jonah, I want you to go and preach to the most wicked, perverse, violent people alive. And I want you to tell them this easy message. Repent or die. Easy, God. I'm on my way into the belly of a fish. Right? Abraham. Let's start a relationship. Let's form a covenant. I just need you to get circumcised and convince all the males in your family to do it too. No problem, God. Just one question. What does circumcised mean? <laughs> if any of you don't know that one, ask Pastor TJ after service. He's a biblical theologian. He'll help you out with that one, okay? Mary, you're an unmarried teenage virgin. I want you to give birth to my son. God, that's so cool. I'm going to get on social media right now. Hashtag blessed teen. Hashtag humble to raise the son of God. My friends are going to think it's so cool. Every time God would give somebody an assignment, he would challenge their faith in incredible, incredible ways and stretch them. It was never easy. If you have the faith and you have the courage to pray the power prayer, speak to me, Lord. When God does, I hope you know it may convict you and it most certainly is going to stretch your faith. His voice will challenge you. When he asks you to do something, it may be something that seems completely impossible. And what I can promise you is his voice is going to stretch you in such a way that it is going to teach you to depend more on him, solely on him, and to live in greater faith. So this sixth grade boy says, speak to me, God, I'm listening. And God didn't say to little Samuel, here's what he didn't say. He didn't say, okay, Samuel, I'm going to pour out all my blessings upon you and life is going to be great. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Samuel, you know that cute girl in youth group? Thou art going to marry her and have two beautiful children, a dog, never a cat, and make seven figures a year as a YouTube influencer. He didn't say that. What God said to him was, Samuel, the priest Eli has been sinning against me. What he's doing is not right. He has led his family and he has led this nation astray. Therefore, tell him, I'm going to judge his household and I'm going to judge this nation. I'm trusting you, a little boy, to take this message to the person who looks after you, feeds you, and takes care of you. So hopefully we can start to have a change and make things right. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's a powerful prayer that shouldn't be taken lightly. In other words, don't pray for God to speak unless you really want to hear what he has to say. Now, what I want to do for a few minutes is I just want to take a step back and I want to talk about prayer from a bigger perspective. And what I hope you'll understand is that prayer at its core is really about communication. It's about communicating with God, our Heavenly Father. And any form of real, meaningful communication is not one way. 
It's not a one-way street. In other words, praying to God isn't just about us talking to him and telling him all the stuff we want, but praying is actually about listening to God. In fact, I would argue that God has done way more for me in my life when I've listened for him than when I've just talked to him. Prayer is not just talking, but prayer is pausing to listen to what God has to say to us. And that's exactly what Samuel, a sixth grade kid, did. I wonder if for some of us, God ever wants to say, enough already. I've already heard you a thousand times tell me everything that you want. Now, would you just pause and realize that I love you so much and just listen? Because I want to speak to you. And I want to guide you. In other words, God is always speaking. The question is, are we ever listening? And to that, we may say, okay, okay, pastor, I'm in, but how do I hear God? How do I do that? Great question. So so what I want to do in our remaining few minutes is I want to make this as simple as I can. If you want to take notes, you can jot this down. I just want to give you three spiritual thoughts that might help you to be positioned in your life to better hear the voice of God. The first thing I would encourage you to do is this. Number one, be still. Be still. Be still before God. Learn to pause and rest in his presence. Psalm 46 tells us how to experience the presence of God. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, be frantic and you will know that I am God. Seek me on the go and you will know that I am God. Be busy and you will experience me in a powerful way. It doesn't say any of that. But but here's what it says in Psalm 46.10, and many of you probably know this first. Here's what it says. Say it with me, church, on the count of three. One, two, three. Be still and know that I am God. Pause. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. So here's my question for you guys. When's the last time you binge-watched Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or Disney, or Crunchyroll for you anime fans for a couple hours. When's the last time you've done that? When's the last time? Just think about it. When's the last time you scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled on social media for an hour or two? When's the last time you played video games and you were on your Switch or Xbox or PS5, your Oculus, and you did that for an hour or two? When's the last time you went to the gym, you worked out for an hour or two, or did something else you enjoyed, read a book for an hour or two, whatever? For an hour or two during the day. Do you have that in your mind? Now, when's the last time you just paused and shut everything down and spent an hour or two in silence, just enjoying the presence of God and trying to listen to hear his voice, to really hear God's voice, to slow down the pace of life to silence all the noises of this world, to just pause and listen, to be still and know that I am God. In fact, Jesus said this about prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, seek God in privacy. That's what he taught. He was like, get in a prayer closet if you need to. Lock the door. Put everything else out of your mind. Be still and know. I mean, you might say, okay, okay, pastor, when I get silent, am I going to hear the audible voice of God? Is Morgan Freeman going to start speaking to me like this? 
From the time I played God in the movies, people seem to confuse me with him. Maybe it's something about my voice. Hi there. Would you please open the gate and let me in? Please let me in. Doesn't he have a great voice? Look, I don't know. You may hear the audible voice of God. It could happen. Okay? I have not experienced that in my life, but I promise you that I do hear from God in all sorts of different ways. How might you hear from God? There's so many ways. First of all, the most reliable is to recognize that God speaks to us through his word, through his word. His word is living and his word is active, scripture tells us. As you study in your quiet time, as you take time in your devotions and you be still and you go through his word, it will speak to you. It'll convict you of sinfulness in your life. It'll correct you. It'll guide you. It'll comfort you when you're feeling anxiety or depression. It'll encourage you. It'll build your faith. It's God's living word. If you were to tell me, Pastor, I haven't heard from God in my life, the first thing I would ask you is, are you spending any time in his word? Because God's word speaks. It speaks. God also speaks through people. God might speak to you through a message you hear coming to church on a Sunday. God might speak to you through a worship song as you listen to the words of a song. God might speak through a close friend or a loved one, someone who's trying to follow Jesus and speak wisdom into your life. I can't tell you how many times God speaks to me through my wife, Julie, like all the time. It's so annoying. It is so annoying. It happened to me recently. I was having a freak out moment in life. I was just like worried about something. Anybody else have a freak out moment in life? You ever had a freak out moment? God bless you. Thank you for not letting your pastor be alone up here. I appreciate that. But I was freaking out. I was just walking around, pacing around the bedroom, freaking out. She's laying in bed playing Legend of Zelda because that's how she rolls. And she doesn't even look at me. She just says very, very calmly, AJ, you need to take a breath. God is bigger than your worries. And then my three-year-old, who's in bed with us, watching her play Zelda, is like, yeah, Daddy, you need to pray. <laughs> God will do that. Like, he will. He will speak through other people, even three-year-olds. He will speak to you through them. He also speaks to us through circumstances. Through circumstances. Like, like you think there's no way you could do something. It's impossible. And then all of a sudden, God opens a door. And it's God. And sometimes, guess what? God closes a door. Sometimes he closes a door. Some of you ought to thank God for a closed door. Like you were dating a door, okay? You wanted that door. You were going to marry it. Ten years later, you were like, thank you, Jesus, that I did not go through that door. Thank you for closing it. God opens doors. And he closes doors. He uses circumstances. God will also speak to you through this, his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, did you know that you can communicate with God's spirit that lives in you as a follower of Jesus? And that's why when you speak and you ask God, God, guide me, direct me. God, will you speak to me? 
You'll have the most amazing promptings in your life. And you won't necessarily be able to explain it, but you'll say things like, I, I just knew I needed to do something. I, I can't completely explain it to you, but I'm feeling led to do this, or I'm feeling led to do that. And the one thing I know is that whenever you're being prompted in your life to be a blessing to somebody else or to be generous, that's usually of God. And here's the bottom line with all that. The more you listen for God's voice, the better you'll be able to discern it. The more you listen for God's voice, the better you'll be able to discern it. Be still and know that he is God. The, the second thought is this, if you're taking notes. That number two, you got to be willing. You got to be willing. Be willing to do what God says. I, I don't know about you, but so often my prayers to God can kind of sound like my wish list. Or like I'm instructing him. God, if I were you, this is how I'd do it. This is what I need, and this is exactly how I need it. God, if you could make that happen, that would be awesome. But what if, instead of going before God with our list of demands and our wish list, what if instead we came to God with a blank sheet of paper? What if we came to him with a blank sheet of paper? What if we said, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to show me? What do you want me to do? And then what if we were actually willing to do it? For example, when, when I hit spiritual ceilings and my faith is struggling, which happens because I'm human too, I, I go before God and I say, God, show me any sin in my life that maybe I'm not aware of. And, and that's a tough prayer to pray because God will start speaking to you. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough, God. You can stop at the top 10. That's good. I'm a work in progress. But in talking to God, he will start to purify my heart and he empowers me to maybe confess some sin in my life that I've been holding back on or, or didn't realize and allows me to start breaking through some spiritual barriers in my life. And look, I, I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe your marriage is tough right now. And so you ask God, how can I love my spouse better, even though my spouse is not really focused on you, God, or loving and honoring you, God, right now? But how can I love them better? And then you just listen. God, I, I don't just want to come to church. God, how can I be your church? What can I do different? God, show me where to use my gifts to honor you. God, God, what do I have in my life that could bless somebody else in theirs? Where do you want me to be more generous? Show me, God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And this is very important, too. Make sure you actually obey what God shows you before you want to hear him say something else to you. Why is it that so often we feel like we haven't heard from God? I'm thinking maybe it's because God is saying, remember what I told you to do last year? You haven't done that yet. Remember when I told you to get baptized? When you do that, then I'll give you something else to do. Be willing to do what God has put in your heart. So how do we position ourselves again to better hear from God? Well, again, number one, we're going to be still. Number two, we got to be willing. And then last one, number three, we got to be ready. We got to be ready. 
We're going to be ready. And this is so incredibly important. Be ready. Because when God speaks, you have to be not only willing, but you have to be ready to move. Think about Samuel again. Sixth grade schoolboy. Working for Eli the priest. Certainly, he wants to honor this man of God who he lives with, who's a father figure in his life, who feeds him, takes care of him, teaches him. And God says... This priest who's your mentor, who you look up to, is not honoring me. So I'm trusting you, a kid, to have the integrity to carry this message to him and tell him my judgment is coming upon him and his family and the nation. Turn your heart back to God. When you pray, speak, Lord, I'm listening, that's not a safe prayer, church. But it can be a powerful one. And again, remember, God never gave anyone assignment in Scripture that was easy for them to fulfill. God may speak to you, and he may reveal something to you about yourself that you didn't even want to acknowledge, that maybe you didn't want to face. Here's my sinfulness. Here's where I've got to look in the mirror and work on in myself. God, I'm sorry. He may spur you to do something that you don't even feel qualified to do. I mean, I'm living proof of that. He took a little Hindu Indian kid who didn't even go to seminary, who got his degree in counseling, and he said, I want you to be a pastor. God may lead you to start a ministry. He may lead you to start a small group or open up your house to one. He may lead you to serve in worship. You know, our worship team, they do an awesome job, don't they? Every single week they do an awesome job. Let me tell you something. We've got about like 200 people who consider themselves members of our church. Pastor Jim has been looking for a keyboard player for two years. Two years. I'm pretty sure there's somebody who's a part of this congregation or watching online who has that skill set. Who would be a blessing to our worship team. Or our sound ministry team. We're about to install a whole lighting package in here. You remember the I Love My Church campaign? You remember that, guys? For those of you who don't know, we were trying to raise $60,000 to put a new roof on this sanctuary, which badly needed it, and to put a lighting system in here. We raised close to $70,000 for those of you who don't know. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. The new roof is on. That happened a couple months ago. Now the lighting is going to be going in. Jim Gary's back there right now in sound. I'm sure they could use some more people to help with our online service, our projection. All these things don't magically happen. We have people who come here and serve. They come here in the middle of the week and they work with the worship team. They come here on Sunday morning to do that. Or greeters. I mean, some of you guys are introverts like me and maybe you struggle when it comes to meeting new people. Others of you are raging extroverts and you love talking to people and it energizes you. We would love to have you on our greeting team, helping to connect with people and helping them to feel loved when they walk through the doors of this church. Or you have a passion for children or students or volunteering in compassionate ministry like our clothing closet, which helps thousands of people every year with clothing or our food ministry. Every Wednesday, every Friday in this building, we give out free food to people or our homeless ministry or our daycare We have a full daycare that operates here, Monday through Friday, Lighthouse School. 
we would love, can I tell you that? We would love more volunteers from our church helping at our daycare to help as substitute teachers if a teacher calls out sick or to allow our teachers to have a one-hour break so maybe they could sit in a Bible study together. I don't know if you guys even know this. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this happens here in this room every Friday. Take a look at this picture. Every single Friday. Pastor Liz, our preschool pastor, and I, we get to lead a preschool chapel every Friday at 11 o'clock. And we get to lead 30 preschoolers and tell them about the love of God, how God loves them and how Jesus wants to be their friend forever. It is flipping amazing. Most of those kids, their parents don't go to church. Their parents have no church connection for most of those kids. That is God moving through our daycare ministry to impact our community in a real and tangible way. Okay? We would love it if some of you guys said, I want to be a part of that. How can I help? What can I do to help make a difference? God may spark you to go back to school or change careers or reach out to a boss that scares you to death and invite them to come to church with you or go public with your faith on social media or be bold somewhere or forgive somebody who wronged you a long time ago and you've just been holding on to it. Even if they didn't ask for forgiveness, even if they certainly don't deserve forgiveness, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It is a powerful, powerful prayer. Each week in this series, I've invited you to join me for seven days to pray a power prayer. Make me bold. Search me, know my heart. Break me. Send me. This week as we end our series on the power of prayer, I would love it if some of you would be courageous enough and faithful enough to be able to stop and pause before you start your day each day for the next week and say, speak to me, God. God, I give you permission to interrupt my life. Speak to me. Give me the faith to follow your voice. And church, let me tell you, God may speak to you. And when he does, you just do by faith what he calls you to do. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. It is a powerful, powerful prayer. Can we pray together this morning? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's pray. God, we are here and we're listening. Would you speak to us in this moment? I know many of us in this room right now, God, we would say that, that we're followers of Jesus, that we have a relationship with God, 
But if we're being honest, we have been distracted by this busy world we live in. We've gone through the motions. We haven't been intentional to set aside time, to be quiet, to be still, to simply listen for your voice. We've been trying to do it on our own, or we've just been presenting our list of requests and wishes and moving on. Always hurried, always busy, in this day and age of constant sound and motion and distractions. God, we recognize in this moment that maybe it's time to reprioritize. God, maybe it's time to make a change because changed people change. So God, this will be our prayer to you. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Would you speak to me? And so if that's you in in this room this morning and you're saying, yes, God. Yes, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. I'm going to set aside that time. I'm going to be still and quiet. If that's you, would you just lift a hand right now? I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you if that's you. Praise God. Praise God. So many of you, I love my church. Praise God. Let me pray for you right now. God, we are here. We are listening. We are still. We are available. We're ready. And God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word, through people, through circumstances, through your Holy Spirit. God, please speak to us. We we believe and trust that as we commit to being more purposeful in our time with you, to do more listening than talking, God, we believe you're going to move in mighty ways in our lives, showing us things, giving us clarity for direction, even answering the questions that we have. And we thank you in advance for the ways you're going to reveal yourself to us in the days ahead as we make a commitment to listen for your voice. As we continue praying today, others, you may say the truth is, I've never experienced the voice or direction of God. And and that could simply be because you don't currently have a relationship with him. You've never committed your life to him. You don't know him in a personal way. But today, maybe you're feeling a stirring in your heart. I don't believe it's an accident that you're here in this church this morning. I don't believe it's an accident if you're watching online right now. I believe that you were made with a purpose and for a purpose in this life. And that God has a purpose for you in this moment of time. And so maybe right now you're feeling a stirring in your heart that's drawing you, that's pulling you towards a relationship with God. And we call that his provenient grace. 
that's his Holy Spirit lovingly reaching out to you. That is God saying to you, hey, it's time for you to make a decision. It's time for you to trust me. I love you. I want a relationship with you. Come to my arms. I'm here for you. And so for the first time, maybe today, you might be recognizing that you need Jesus in your life. And who is Jesus? Jesus is God's son who was sent here for you to make the ultimate sacrifice. He willingly laid down his life on the cross as the payment for all of our sins, for all of our wrongs, so that we could have a relationship with a perfect, holy God forever. Jesus came very simply to set you free. Through his willingness to die on the cross and through his resurrection as the Son of God, he set you free and he set me free from our brokenness, our past, our sins, our shame, our insecurities, our fears. Jesus set us free once and for all. And today, some of you are recognizing, maybe for the first time, that you need him in your life. And you're hearing the voice of God. And you're ready to respond. And if that's you today, if, if, if you would say, God, if you're really a God who loves me like that, who's ready to meet me right where I'm at, who paid the price for all my wrongs, who's ready to give me forgiveness and grace and a personal relationship with you. If that's the kind of God you are, I'm all in. I want that in my life. If that's you, would you have the courage right now to just lift up your hand and say, would you pray for me? That's me. I need Jesus in my life. Would you be bold and just do that this morning? I need Jesus. Praise God. I see that. Is there anybody else this morning? Praise God. I see that in the back. I believe it's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. This is a decision, again, that I made as a freshman in high school where I realized I wasn't going to go through life on my own strength, that I needed a relationship with God. And so I'll just ask one more time. Again, I don't think you're here by accident. If this is you, you know it. Your heart's probably pounding in your chest right now. If you'd say, yeah, God, if you're real, I want a relationship with you. Would you just lift a hand right now and have five seconds of boldness? Praise God. I see that. Praise God. Anybody else? Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let me pray for you right now. And those of you who are followers of Christ, brothers and sisters of Christ right now, we can pray along with them. And then we're going to cheer like crazy because we believe there's a celebration in heaven every time a person makes a decision of faith. Let's pray together. God, thank you for loving me. God, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. God, save me. Forgive me. Make me new. God, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, today, July 30th, 2023, I believe you died for me because you love me so that I could live in a relationship with you forever. And 
I believe you're the son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. God, help me to follow you. Help me to live in a personal relationship with you for the rest of my life. God, thank you for for letting me call you my heavenly father, the perfect parent that maybe I always wish I had. Thank you for calling me your, your daughter, your son, and I get to be a child of the king of the universe, a princess or a prince of the king of the universe. I love you, God. Help me to know how to walk with you day by day, step by step, for the rest of my life and into eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, can we celebrate some decisions this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Again, I, I, I hope that never, ever, ever gets old here at First Light South Portland. We want to be a church where change takes place. That's what we want to be all about. Can we stand together? Let's continue to celebrate what God is doing, and, and let's sing.
God. Just want to share a couple uh, quick announcements with you guys and close you in prayer. Um, just want to let you guys know we're having ownership class today. So if any of you are interested in learning more about the, the mission and vision of the church, we're going to meet immediately following the service and five minutes after service in the parlor down to the right. It's about a one hour um, a group to get together and just kind of learn a little bit more about the church. We don't have members here. We have owners. We believe members have rights, but owners actually take responsibility. And so we want to be a church full of owners. I invite you to be a part of that if you're interested. We offer that every couple months around here to learn more um, about the church. Also want to let you know this Thursday from 5.30 to 7.30, we're having a special missionary service that our missions team is putting on. Um, Julie and I are going to share a little bit about our sabbatical time in India and do a little slideshow and show you guys a little bit about that. And then we have a missionary speaker um, coming who serves in Ecuador, uh, where Pastor Marjorie, our children's pastor, is actually from Ecuador. And we'll talk a little bit about that. That'll go from 5.30 to 7.30. 30 on Thursday. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And then next week, we're starting a brand new series that's going to carry us through Labor Day. And it's our At the Movie series, which we kind of end our summers with. We're doing a real specific kind of focus on it, though. We're going to do At the Movie's Five Lies of the Devil. And we're going to look at five really common lies that are kind of portrayed in various Hollywood movies that people kind of believe to be real. And then we're going to kind of look at what Scripture actually says and what the truth is uh, for those different different lies so that we can live in truth and not be deceived. And each Friday throughout the summer, we're going to do like a family movie night. We're going to show you some really fun, family-friendly movies here um, that really convey some of the truth that we'd hope you guys would have fun if you have time to come out with your families. We'll be popping popcorn in the lobby and give you guys some fun Friday night events to be able to do. So that's how we're going to end uh, our summer with the At The Movie series, and we hope you'll join us with that starting next summer. Sunday. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being the amazing God that you are. God, we pray that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard today and throughout this series. Lord, we thank you for little Samuel, man, a sixth grade kid who was obedient to you and who was able to pray a powerful prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God, might that inspire us and challenge us, Lord God, to maybe make some changes that we need to in our life, in our walk, in our prayer life, in our relationship with you. And God, may you honor that change in powerful ways. God, we don't want to just be people who come to church, sit in some rows for an hour, walk out of here unchanged. God, we want to be people who take your truth, apply it into our lives 
so that we can change, so that we can move from the smaller story of us to the greater story and the greater future that you have for us. We love you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have an awesome week. Can't wait to see you back next Sunday. God bless you.